just know that your boat is contributing a lot to underwater soundscape and that it is likely impacting maybe not just whales but um, almost all underwater species. Hi, my name is Jen Wladicek. Uh, I'm a marine biologist and an acoustician. I work uh, at Jasco Applied Sciences, uh, a local Victoria acoustics company, and uh, also just recently finished my postdoc at UVic uh, in collaboration with DFO. Welcome to episode 11. My name is Liz and I am your host for Below the Tide. This episode is a continuation of episode 10, so if you haven't listened to that one, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to it. And what I've tried to do this week is make it a really smooth transition so that if you haven't listened to episode 10, you could really just roll straight into episode 11. I've put a little excerpt from the last little bit of episode 10 at the beginning of this one here, just to give you a little bit of a recap if you haven't listened since last Thursday. As with all my episodes, there are resources on my Instagram page at Below the Tide Podcast. It, those resources are things like definitions, pictures, everything like that that can help you follow along better if you're more of a visual learner. But other than that, I hope you enjoy. And uh, Jen has a lot of really interesting things to share. So grab a coffee and uh, listen in. How is noise? How is noise in the ocean like possibly impacting their ability to to find food, as the ocean you know is becoming quite a noisy place? Mm-hmm. So, um, knowing the sound level, knowing the frequency is kind of the base for that. So, yeah. going out there collecting this data was the first step, and then calculating that reflection. So basically, taking um, the level and, and the frequency. And there's a formula that you can calculate the reflection off a of salmon. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then you can kind of vary the distances, vary the noise levels and figure out where is that, you know, level where the masking is happening and the whales are having a harder time hearing their echoes right. off the salmon. And yeah. they would be having trouble hearing the echoes based on other underwater noise coming from e- us. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that's where the frequency is also really important because we need to know at at what frequency is that happening Mm -hmm. Um, because there's obviously a huge range that it could be and what noise is there in the ocean that's at that that particular frequency as well right and what's usually the biggest thing that's causing noise in the ocean boats yeah (laughs) (laughs) around here um boats i would say and not just so large commercial traffic Mm -hmm. um gets a bad route which that is definitely a contributor but also small pleasure craft um isn't talked about as much right uh and and whale watch any boats really but um the large commercial traffic tends to be lower frequency whereas the smaller boats that are going faster produce tend to produce higher frequencies um so depending on the species that you're interested in but killer whales use higher frequencies for echolocation. Their calls to each other, like the vocalizations, mm-hmm. are lower frequency, um, between one kilohertz, six kilohertz. Um, but their echolocation is more up around the 20, 20 to 30, mm-hmm. 40 kilohertz range. So um, it really depends when you're looking at, okay, what noise in the ocean is impacting their ability 
to do these different life functions, the frequency is important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the faster boats um, produce higher frequency and they're really, really annoying if you can, if you hear them. Um, but yeah, we're becoming more aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, whale watchers are also becoming more aware of it and trying to minimize their impacts. Um, they've also imposed some speed limits also on recreational boats and, and whale watchers to go slow within a kilometer of the whales. So that's that's really great. Yeah. It would help a lot. Um, and then for the commercial traffic, the Port of Vancouver, um, it's been in the news a bit, but the uh, slowdown trials mm -hmm. for the large commercial traffic. So having them slow down their speeds, again, it'll reduce that higher frequency content mm -hmm. and keep things lower, which, uh, which helps. Them. And was there like something that made people want to research this more or was it because you know we see more boats and maybe whale populations are decreasing or was there some sort of you know pattern that was seen or is there less feeding and hunting that kind of triggered people to start looking into this um i th think one of the main things is just like the numbers so the southern resident population just their numbers aren't increasing so and there's a number of factors um but vessel disturbance and noise, lack of food, pollutants, those are kind of the, the main ones that have been uh, kind of discovered. And um, so I think just, you know, DFO is trying to help help out the population as much as possible. So um, and one aspect of that is, yeah, noise. And, <laughs> and also, you know, the echolocation is, um, it's kind of hitting two of those points, like noise and also if there's a lack of food, but are they able to even find their food too? So um, this project was to kind of shed light on what, what might be happening there. Right. Yeah. And so you were saying basically the higher frequency would be a higher pitch, mm -hmm. um, and that's what they're using to hunt and find their food. Yeah. And what's their primary food source? Uh, salmon, Chinook salmon mm -hmm. specifically. I think more chum in the fall, but mm -hmm. Chinook um, oh, okay. for the rest of the year. Yeah. And when you're out doing your research and you're putting this hydrophone down in front of them, how many are kind of swimming together? How many are your, is there one, two, or are you looking at more? We were trying to find any, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they tend to be like in bigger groups than transients. Yeah. Transients are like tend to be you know, in handfuls, like three to five, six, something like mm -hmm. that. Whereas the residents are in, in larger groups can be like 10 to, you know, 20 or 30, uh, depending on how many pods are getting together. But um, tend to be larger groups. But we were focused on if we could find any, <laughs> that would yeah. be great uh, and put our equipment in front of them. But uh, yeah, we were specifically looking for Southern residents. We also encountered some transients out there, but they don't... Um, they don't echolocate as much, oh. uh, and they also don't vocalize nearly as much as the southern residents. We we did put down a hydrophones in front of transients a, a couple times to see if we could record anything, and also because we weren't entirely sure if they were residents or not, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we didn't hear anything. There yeah, was, yeah, they're uh, they're more stealth than the southern <laughs> residents for sure. <laughs> and how would you tell the difference between uh, resident killer whales and transient ones? Yeah, that's a good question. Something I learned while I was doing this postdoc <laughs> work. Um, I hadn't studied killer whales before. Gray whales were my species right. of choice. So um, yeah, we learned a lot. But 
photo identification is one. So there's okay. catalogs of the whales. Um, so if you get a good uh, ID picture and that's looking at their fin and their saddle patch, mm-hmm. and the saddle patch is the white pigmentation on the side of the whale on both sides. And they have different pigmentation or patterns on both sides. So mm-hmm. left versus right is important. Um, so there are catalogs that you can match up, but also transient. So there's open versus closed saddle patch. Open right. means that um, there's a little bit of kind of black in the middle and transients don't have that. They only have completely white saddle patches. Oh. So that's, if you see only white, it's possible that mm-hmm. it's uh, just transients. Also like the shape of their dorsal fin can be an indication, mm-hmm. but uh, I think you could you have to know the whales quite well yeah. to be able to pick that up. But yeah, they're, one's more pointed than the other. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And is there a reason that the transients wouldn't be using sound as much? Um, yeah. So their food, it, uh, marine mammals, so seals and sea lions can hear the same oh, frequencies. Right. So um, yeah, so the transients need to be more stealth so that they don't scare their food. Right. Let them know. So the residents are kind of eating salmon the transients are eating um, larger marine mammals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, you always forget that there's the ones out there eating the sea lions and the seals and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they seem to be doing a good job at it right yeah. now with their, their numbers. Thing. Right. Yeah. And I guess going back to the whole acoustics part of it, where do you see kind of the world going in terms of underwater noise versus marine biology? Like, do you think things will change or will it get worse? Do you think it'll get better? Do you think we're kind of in this limbo where, you know, who's, who's got the right away? Yeah, I, I like to think things are going to get better just because we are more aware of our impacts. But at the same time, you know, number of people increasing, industries increasing, so... I think, but also like, you know, technology is getting better. Um, Reducing just ship noise by design is getting better. So in the sense of noise, I think we can manage that, Mm -hmm. but there's also, you know, the vessel disturbance. So hitting, uh, you know, wildlife is also another aspect, which, you know, we have more boats it's more likely that that's going to happen mm-hmm. as the number of animals increase, hopefully. <laughs> that um, is a possibility. So, But we are aware of these things now. Um, so we can only hope to try to yeah, make it minimize a better. them and make them better. So, yeah. Is boats hitting whales a very large issue? I, it can be. Yeah. yeah, there was a study that came out a few years ago that um, was looking at autopsies of whales that had washed up and quite a few of them they suspected had been hit by boats so yeah definitely and because you know when they're sleeping Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the larger whales anyway are um, are just kind of bobbing at the surface so and they're half asleep so they're they're more susceptible to being hit by by boats yeah Um, so yeah, no, that is that is mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah. Is there one thing that you wish people knew more about when it comes to acoustics or whales in general? 
that you learned or that you kind of found through your research? Yeah, so a, a couple things. So mm-hmm. killer whales are amazing, but I also like to say that gray whales are amazing <laughs> and they don't get uh, enough credit, I mm-hmm. think. Like they were hunted to near extinction along our coast here. And now their population numbers are doing so well. Like mm-hmm. they're back to, they say, pre whaling numbers, which is almost unheard of. So that's pretty incredible. Um, of course, that the ocean is a, is a noisy place. Mm-hmm. Sound travels super far. Um, but for any recreational boaters, just know that your boat is contributing a lot to underwater soundscape and mm-hmm. that it is likely impacting maybe not just whales but um, almost all underwater species use sound because it is such a great um, it travels so well so you know like fish and seals sea lions um, they all use sound so um, just being conscious that you're probably contributing noise to the underwater environment mm-hmm. that's going to hinder some animal from doing a, a certain function. Um, what else? Oh, just even know, like in air, knowing that, you know, noise around us can, can be detrimental to our health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I get annoyed by loud cars sometimes. <laughs> Because it irritates me, uh, or living in a really noisy place. Like I'm, I'm really sensitive to it mm-hmm. now, which yeah. is good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just making people aware that um, yeah, noise is an issue. It is it, like it's a pollution. Noise is mm-hmm. a pollution. So um, to be aware of that, and yeah, and also to tap into the natural sounds around us and how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the information that's out there that we're not just visual animals that we can use, you know, our hearing and sound as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think like going back to people in smaller boats, like, you know, you see the big tankers in the ocean and then you see little boats and you don't think that the little boats are contributing when you see those big boats, you know, mm-hmm. but it's all about that frequency. They're, the yeah, they're almost worse. Like yeah. when we're out on a Swiftsure bank, there's so many little boats that are going out fishing and they're all just speeding along. And because they're going fast, it doesn't maybe last for as mm-hmm. long, but that the frequency is right around the killer whale um, like vocalization. Mm-hmm. So the couple couple kilohertz. Um, so when we were trying to listen for the whales, we would have to wait till those boats stopped because there's no way we would be able to hear the whale calls wow. over that noise. So, yeah, you think, oh, small, not um, as important, or you don't really hear about it, that it's an issue, but really? it certainly is for sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, you just wouldn't even think. It's no. just one of those things. Yeah. Thanks so much for stopping in and listening to episode 11. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you learned something. We will be back next week with episode 12, also featuring Jen and more about her field work and kind of how she got to where she is today in terms of her research and her studies. I'm really excited to put that one out for you. So I'll see you next Thursday. You can stay up to date with all of my stuff via Instagram at Below the Tide Podcast. But again, my name is Liz and I'll see you next Thursday.